The Avengers Battle the Earthriker by Otto Binder. Read for you by John Wilson. Chapter 15 Traps of Death. The amplified voice of cars suddenly boomed from the apex. Achtung! I constantly underestimate you, Avengers. I did not think you would ever locate my undersea hideout in the first place, nor that if you did find it, you would cleverly invade it through my own automatic hatchway. So much is to your credit. Then his voice changed, ominous with threat. But now you will find yourselves facing the five Avenger Dooms, picking you off one by one. Come after me, if you dare. We dare was Cap's answer at the bottom of his catwalk stairway. It was almost a whisper. When he saw that Hawkeye and Iron Man had gained their catwalks, he waved a signal and all three began racing up the winding stairways that hung suspended from the ceiling of the dome. Iron Man did not dare try jet-flying in the dome with its many crossbeams and guy wires, affording him too little maneuvering room. He had to climb like the others. Most agile of all, Cap went up the fastest, keeping a wary eye on the globular chamber at the dome's apex. He jerked back with hair-trigger reflexes as a blast beam knifed down past his ear. Cars's aim was handicapped, however, Cap knew. He did not dare aim too close to the stairway itself, or disintegrating metal would bring about collapse, and he could not afford to weaken any part of his bracing system for the macro-pressured water outside would then crush the dome as flat as a pancake in horrendous seconds. Cars would have to try to pick them off with side-swiping shots from strategic angles. Cap took care to keep some portion of the metal catwalk stairs between himself and the apex chamber. But why had Cars been so confident they would meet Avenger Dooms? Booby traps. As the thought sprang into Cap's mind, he tensed, slowing his upward race. Now all his senses tautened to keen alertness, as they had so many times in his career in World War II when faced by Nazi booby traps that could only be called fiendish. The short hairs on the back of Cap's neck bristled an instinctive warning. Something did not look right ahead. What was it? Then he noticed the slightly dull sheen of one step ahead of him, whereas the rest were shiny polished metal. Aha. Uh-huh. One false step on that false step, Cap could not avoid the play of words in his thoughts, and he'd be a goner in some unknown way. Yet he wanted to set it off and make cars think it had worked, thus putting him off guard. Cap went back a few steps, then tossed his shield on the bogus step. It exploded, with just enough force to kill a man, yet not enough to damage the stairway itself. Cap expertly caught the flying shield, which was unharmed. At the loud report, Hawkeye and Iron Man glanced that way across the dome through the latticed structure of the triple stairways. Cap made frantic pantomime motions, and they quickly caught on that he was warning them about booby traps. Iron Man tensed and wondered what lay ahead for him. Cars would be too clever to repeat the booby traps, knowing that one sprung would tip off the presence of the others. Deciding he needed keener senses than his own human ones, he jabbed studs on his chest control. From his helmet issued a bat-like radar beam, sharp and sensitive to anything untoward that might lie ahead. Then he saw it. 
Through his radar-sensitive eye lenses, a poised mallet fastened to the railing, which could easily brain a man. Yet by some science ledger domain of the 70th century, it was invisible to the eye. Iron Man raised his right gauntlet, and one finger shot forth a shock beam that touched the fatal step like a man's heavy tread, and the invisible club descended viciously on empty air. Brushing it aside, Iron Man went on. Hawkeye, climbing the third stairway, peered ahead warily, looking for the unknown. Nothing seemed amiss. About to step ahead, a high-pitched voice shrilled in his ear. Stop, Hawkeye! That step ahead is triggered with death! Watch! The wasp's tiny form flew down to the next step, shooting her steam beam at full power and jarring the whole step. Instantly, a dozen long recessed needles sprang upward, their points tinted blue with poison. They would have pierced up through Hawkeye's boots into his feet. Flitting between the spikes safely, the wasp then swung up past Hawkeye's face. See? Thanks, wasp, Hawkeye managed to say, wiping his brow. He took a deep breath. You had the privilege of saving my life, he said banteringly, regaining his composure. Oh, lucky, lucky me, buzzed the wasp. But I condemn myself to hearing your cornville cracks for weeks and years ahead. Unlucky me. Why do you admire my witticism so much, Wasp? I must say something right all the time, Hawkeye grinned, then raced upward again. Now all three Avengers, Cap, Iron Man, and Hawkeye, met at the top landing and converged on Kars's globular chamber. Hst, said Cap, crouching beside the door. You rush in first, Iron Man, using your Z-ray to knock out his force shield. Then Hawkeye's arrows can divert him from using his belt rays, giving me time to rush in and crack him on the jaw. And it'll only take one punch. My Sunday special for super sinners. Cap nodded his head for the signal, then kicked open the door. Iron Man sprang in. Cars turned in amazement. But by booby traps, the signal lights said they went off. So were ghosts, was Iron Man's answer, and he aimed his Z-ray. The hissing beams sparkled all around Cars, dissolving his invisible force field armor. The sparks died. Cars was now unprotected. His hand leaped for his belt studs, which was Hawkeye's cue, to let his twanging bow speed an arrow across the room. Its bulbous point burst and sprayed itch powder, which had been treated chemically to make it a maddening irritant over Cars' hands. He fell to scratching them frantically. Cap was already plunging across the floor, fist cocked eagerly for its chin target. But Cars, still scratching, leaned his shoulder back and closed a big switch on the wall. A whining drone like the skirl of bagpipes filled the air, and suddenly Cap stopped in mid-stride. Hawkeye, starting to notch an arrow in alarm, froze with his bow half pulled out. Iron Man, his hand raised to spray out weapon rays, stood as if petrified. My best booby trap, leered Cars triumphantly. The itch powder was now losing its potency, allowing him to point at the projector extending from the wall and radiating the skirling beams. I know you can hear me, though you are immobilized. This is my time-stopping ray. I am the master of time and all its tricks. Briefly, that ray stops time for any object or person it strikes. Since time is not ticking by for you, you cannot make your follow-up move of the next second, which never comes. 
He waved at a monitor screen that showed the magnified flitting form of the wasp darting into the doorway holding Ant-Man's hand and skirting around the time ray. Cars turned a dial. A simple adjustment, and the time ray hits them too. The two tiny forms froze, hanging in midair. The wasp and the Ant-Man caught in the timeless trap, Cars gloated. That means Goliath can never appear. That's what we wanted you to think, boomed a voice outside. If you look close, you'll see that the wasp dragged in some debris. Looks vaguely human, while I resume my giant size out here. And now, Goliath's mighty form came crashing through the side wall, out of range of the time ray. Picking up a huge chunk of cement, Goliath hurled it at the time ray projector, smashing it to bits. The frozen figures came alive and continued where they had left off. Cap's driving legs propelled him forward, and his rock-like fist clobbered cars on the chin, flinging him limply against the wall. Seeing Cap had things under control, Hawkeye and Iron Man relaxed. It looks as if one powerhouse punch by Cap knocked him colder than a mackerel, crowed Hawkeye. Too soon. For the sagging figure opened its eyes and spoke to them. You forget. My human form is only a disguise for... His finger jabbed a belt stud, and they watched in revulsion as they saw the transformation that only Iron Man had witnessed before on Mount Everest. For my true alien form. The hideous monster, with purple blotched skin, green lips, blue hair, and fiery red eyes, stood before them on his hooved feet, looking like a nightmare that had become somehow reality. I can stand breathing your poisonous oxygenated air for a few minutes, the ghastly creature mouthed, and in this form we have one elusive attribute, that of turning into intangible, amorphous material. With that, the monster turned milky in color and formed a cloud of smoke that streamed out the door. Goliath futilely tried to seize it, but he grasped nothing solid. Running out, they saw the smoke alien pouring down through the dome without need of steps, thence into the water hatchway and into its own deep-sea vehicle parked next to that of the Avengers. Evidently changing inside to solid form and back to human-like cars, his amplified voice came to them as they all raced down the stairway. "'You have won a minor skirmish!' he snarled, driving me away from my dome. But you will never capture me when I vanish somewhere in your vast outside world, lost when I mingle among three billion people. The Avengers dashed up just as the inner door closed. On the other side, they knew the sea hatch was filling with water as the outer hatch opened to let in the sea. Then cars could speed away in his deep-sea boat with a long head start on them before the hatchway could be put through its cycle again. Panting, Cap called a hurried conference. Let's size up the situation. Even though we didn't nab cars, what advantages did we gain? For one thing, we got control of this undersea hideout of his. Will he have to come back for any reason? I think so, said Iron Man. Up in his control room, I noticed another ray device that I think may be his time teleportation machine, his only way of returning to the future. If I'm right, he'll have to come back for that sooner or later, or die when the world ends. "'Good,' cried Cap. "'Then we'll leave one guard here. "'Let's see. "'How about Goliath? "'He's equal to ten other men.' 
Okay, agreed the giant man. Just let that weasel try to sneak back in and get past me. The rest of us, back in the deep sea boat, waved Cap as the inner door opened again, drained of water. Soon, after going through the egress process, they sped out through the outer hatch. Iron Man turned his long-range sonar, reading off measurements from its ping signals. Just as I thought, he muttered, Cars has a super speedboat and is already surfacing. Cap looked around slowly, haggardly. That means to find him, we'll have to search the world. Every country, gasped the wasp. Every city, town, and hamlet, among millions and millions of people. Talk about a needle lost in a haystack, said Hawkeye bleakly. This is like trying to find one grain of sand lost on a beach. It's hopeless. Not the way we're going to do it, spoke up Iron Man. We're going to hunt him electronically. I'll show you what I mean back at headquarters. Headquarters.